Hello, and welcome to Dope Conversations Podcast. I am your host, Bikita Pegram, and I am going to give you something to think about. Hello, everyone. Welcome back. I'm so glad to have you with me today. We have a special guest. I'm going to tell you a little bit about her, but let me tell you the topic first. Our topic for today is going to be about HBCUs and alumni. When you think about the alumni, you think about homecoming, of course. You think about being able to wear that proud alumni shirt, and you think about all the hard work that you went to went through to get that degree. But there's something that we don't always think about. After you graduate, what is your responsibility to your institution? What is your responsibility to your HBCU? When we look at stats and we look at how alumni give back to their institutions. And I did this search on Google and I said, okay, the best school alumni associations. Well, the college, let me make sure I get this right because I know somebody's going to Google it. So the college census, so if you go to collegeconsensus.com, they have alumni networks for 2019, the top 50 ranked colleges, and their alumni associations. There were no HBCUs on this list. Out of 50 schools, as much as we go hard for our schools during homecoming, there was not one HBCU listed to have the best alumni financial support, community support. We were not there. So I said, okay. Let's look at the top 10 HBCU alumni. So you have Claflin University in South Carolina, Spelman College, Bennett College, Lane. So I'm sitting here. I was like, where is the SWAC? SWAC, we got to do better. So I brought on this guest. She is the president of the National Alumni Association for Jackson State University. Yes, the the I love, the school that I love. And she's going to talk to us about some ways that we can get involved beyond funding. But funding is one of those ways. And just so that we can start building up our schools and we don't have to lose our schools for financial reasons. Morris Brown has made a comeback, but shouldn't the alumni, is that our responsibility to make sure our schools don't have to make a comeback? They're just always around. So I want to bring her on. She has a wealth of knowledge to share with us. Um, Dr. Norwood, Dr. We we appreciate you taking some time out of your busy schedule. I'm so happy to have you. I had a chance to meet you a couple of weeks ago in Houston, and you made such a huge impression on me. And I thank you for agreeing to come share your knowledge. Oh, thank you, Ms. Pegram, for the invitation. I'm excited to be with you this evening. Thank you. So we're going to jump right in it because we want to make sure that, one, that our guest um, doesn't have to take too much time out of your busy schedule because I know you have so much to do because I found out she's a, actually a family practicing doctor as well. So to take time out of her career to dedicate so much 
energy and time to Jackson State is just so amazing to me. And I think you are a perfect mirror, a, a role model of what we could be doing, those of us who are not doing. So my first question for you is, how did the National Alumni Association pivot relations and engagement during the pandemic? The pandemic hit every industry really hard. So how did you all navigate that time? Well, uh, 2020 definitely proved to be one of those years where um, every plan that you may have had went out the window and you needed to improvise and keep to keep things moving. Mm -hmm. So I'm I'm really grateful that uh, for 2020, Jackson State University National Alumni Association and our alums gave more money during the pandemic than they did in 2019 prior to the pandemic. Wow. So um, I'm, that is, um, for me, a very grateful moment because jobs lost their livelihoods, their homes, and um, there were many, many who were suffering and struggling and still struggling, mm-hmm. not only financially, but with physical illnesses with during, from COVID and from the um, the incidents with the pandemic. So for JSU, for Jackson State University National Alumni, went to meet at all. We canceled all of our physical meetings for all 58 chapters that we have around the world that we canceled in-person events because we wanted to protect our alums, most of all in the community. But we Dr. Norwood, you're breaking up on us. I know um, audience right now in Michigan, they are having a terrible storm and their power went out. And this is another reason why I'm so grateful that Dr. Norwood decided to still participate in this podcast conversation. So thank you. Yes, I'm sorry. Is, is this better? Are you able to hear me? Yes. Now? Yes. Okay. Well, um, our Jackson State University National Alumni Association decided that we were still committed to our mission of making sure that we recruited students, engaged alumni, and raised funds for our institution and for our kids. So what we did during the pandemic was simply to take the opportunity to do virtual events, virtual fundraisers, and find virtual ways of connecting with students across the country. Mm-hmm. So that's that was our our first attempt this year at doing it on such a mass scale. And I, I've got to say, and the university likewise, being very cautious about making sure that students were protected and doing the virtual learning. We learned a lot during this 2020 pandemic, but um, the engagement started first with a will to do it because we knew that it was important to do. Right. And and that's the key thing, uh, will to do it. And you may not have the blueprint, but you found a way that works for JSU. Um, because being an alum myself, I can say that the presence of the Alumni Association did not go away during the pandemic. I liked the way that you found a way to reach your members. And I think that's something that most alumni associations around um, America are really trying to do right now. Like, how do we engage? So some of the things that you mentioned, um, the uh, virtual events are definitely ways to do that. So can you share 
with us the impact of alumni on the institutions postgraduates. Like, what do we, as postgraduates, what impact can we have on the institution? Well, you know, our I, I like to say that the greatest weapon and the the most secret weapon that our institution has. So when you look at everything that an institution of higher learning needs, you know, we, we know that they need academicians who do the teaching, the on-the-ground training of, of our students and pouring and educating, um, educating future leaders. But our alumni play an important part in that. Some of them are educators and working directly in higher education. Um, so we're, we're grateful for that because we have alumni across the world, including you, that are active in higher learning and, and are valuable pieces in that direct day-to-day engagement. Alums, however, who are not working in higher learning can still be a mentor to a student, right. can still offer and prepare internships for students, can also be a way of not only just giving you Dr. Norris, could you say that one more time for us? You kind of went out on us. Okay. So um, so one of the ways, there are multiple ways that alumni can give back from mentoring to um, to being there to, to help a student with an internship. Also, we formed with the Alumni Association in 2018, we formed 25 different advisory councils mm-hmm. with the Alumni Association. And those 25 advisory councils are around different areas of expertise. So we have a medical advisory council for physicians and health professionals. So that if that's your area of expertise, you can help a student purely around that area to help students to get into medical school, to help students who are in medical school. We also formed a educational advisory council so that if you're in education and someone is interested in being a teacher, a professor, a potentially university president, then there's an advisory council with leaders who who work in higher education and K through 12 that can be there as an advisor to help you, to give you, what should you look for in a contract before you sign it? Right. Um, so, and so we have those 25 different areas of concentration with our 25 different advisory councils. And again, they range from business and entrepreneurial to diversity, um, diversity and um, international relations, um, technology, information and technology. Mm-hmm. So, law, all of those different councils that alumni can actually participate in giving their expertise to help our students in our university. So that's another way that you can give back that is a tangible benefit to our students. And it doesn't cost you anything. And it costs you nothing. Wow. That's amazing. I'm, I'm really that... That opens up the door to so many different areas of mentoring, which my audience knows I love mentoring. And speaking of which, Onyx Mentoring is starting back up for the fall. So if you go to our Instagram, you can register um, young ladies to be a part of Onyx in the fall. But I think that is so important that we take the skills and the wisdom that our alumni have and give back to the institution by giving to the recruitment. Yes. And, you know, and I think many people fail to, to recognize how important 
our HBCUs are. Um, you know, I'm, 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 you know, I'm, I'm one of those very grateful graduates of the Jackson State University. Um, and, but of all of the hundred plus HBCUs that exist around the country, HBCUs are responsible for producing like 85% of the African-American doctors, 50% of African-American attorneys, like 75% of all of the black PhDs come from an HBCU. Mm -hmm. 80% of our federal judges come from an HBCU. And if you're a dentist, 40% of those black dentists usually are graduates from an HBCU. And, you know, so when you think about all of these different careers of higher, these, these degrees and professional, professional individuals that are, you see in your communities every day, if there's someone of color, most likely they are graduates from an HBCU, Mm -hmm. including 50% of our black pharmacists. So if we did not have our HBCUs, think about the gap that would be there Mm. when we've got, again, for people like me, 85% of the black physicians being graduates of an institution like Jackson State University. So, um, you know, that's, that's why these are critical and, and even more so why we as alums from whatever institution you graduated from need to support that institution and make sure that it remains viable. Yes. And that's, that's the key thing, making sure our institutions remain viable. We should not see another Morris Brown incident we should be able to to support our individual HBCUs in the way that they supported us. You have to look beyond the problems that any institution would face. But outside of that classroom, we gain so much from our institutions. I know your, your in classroom part, the academic part is a must. Yes. That's why you go to school, but that, financial aid advisor that treated you like her own, that cafeteria lady that gave you a, a extra pizza protein. That that's what you get at HBCUs. You get that family setting and just like any family, we have to take care of family. Yeah. It doesn't end when we graduate. No, it doesn't. That's only the beginning. I mean, we, we, we set you on the path when you're in that, that academic setting to launch you to your future so that you will make a difference for the rest of your life. That's just the beginning. And when you think about it, and I like those those examples that you gave from being in the cafeteria to someone who cared about your you, you receiving the funds that you needed in mm-hmm. financial aid to stay in school. You know, I, I think about when I was on campus, you know, I, I, I one of the things that that still gives me chills are the people that I was exposed to. I never felt it. I, I learned to, to gain increased confidence by being on my campus at Jackson State University mm-hmm. because I had Jesse Jackson who came through during that time period, and this was in the middle 80s, Jesse Jackson coming through my campus like Hello, Dr. Norwood? Dr. Norwood? Yes, can you hear me? Yes, because I don't want to miss that story. You said Jesse Jackson came (laughs) to your campus and it went out. I was like, no, I want to hear this. (laughs) Oh, yes. So 
when I was on campus in the in the mid eighties, Jesse Jackson came on campus as if he lived there. Wow. So we had exposure to him. Colin Powell, before he was known as the Secretary of State, wow. was on Jackson State's campus. And so you had exposure to, to these individuals who looked like you, did well. And I remember leaving Jackson State because Jesse Jesse Jackson told me often that I am somebody. Mm. You know, so I knew that right. as I left Jackson State, going to a, an institution, a, a PWI, the University of Iowa, is where I went for medical school. So I left Jackson State feeling like, hey, I am somebody. Yes. I, you know, I, I'm just as smart as anybody else who's trying to go to medical school. So why shouldn't I be able to? to get in. Why won't I do well? I'm Come on. I am somebody. Right. So, you know, so you, you don't realize even the, the impact of having exposure to people of color who are in leadership and who do well as an example for you, no matter what career path you choose, that these, that it's not impossible, that all things are possible. And I believe all things are possible with Christ. So all things are possible and that these individuals being living examples of what it looks like. So, you know, that's something you can get at a HBCU like Jackson State University. Yes, I totally agree. And I can hear the passion for your school, I can hear the passion of your experiences because I think that propelled you to where you are now. And I say that because in looking at your resume and looking at your bio, I was impressed. And I was impressed that a woman of your stature going into medicine, but you're still giving back to your university at a high level. I'm talking about you, at a, not just paying your dues and saying, okay, I paid my national dues. No, you really became involved, and now you're the president. So mm-hmm. what impact do you think, another outside of mentoring and recruiting, what would you say would, would be another responsibility of alum? Well, I, I, I tell you, the, the reason that I'm connected and committed to Jackson State University is I wouldn't be who I am without it, right? Mm-hmm. So uh, the, the top three priorities in my life are God, family, and then occupation or educa- occupation and education. Right. That's what I tell my kids. So Christ first, family second. And if you're a kid, like my kids were, the, 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 third, the third priority is an education. And right. Jackson State did that for me. It gave me the exposure, the tools, the education, the access, the opportunity mm-hmm. so that I could become who I am today. And because of that, I feel an overwhelming sense of responsibility. Um, and I'll tell you, from one individual such as Dr. Maria Harvey, who was over the dean of the honors college who recruited me as a a senior in high school to Jackson State, um, always told us when we were there that it was important for us to give back to the university after we graduated. So she made us all commend as honors college babies that we would give back $1,000 to the university. Mm -hmm. So, uh, you know, I jokingly say, well, you know, for the length of time with me being in medical school and going to my residency, the length the time that it took me to give that thousand dollars back, I needed to pay it back with interest, and I'm still paying it back <laughs> with interest because um, it's 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 to whom much is given, you want to give back because right. I want to make that same opportunity available 
for another student, just as Jackson State made it available to me. I had full tuition, room and board, books, yeah. all provided for me. And I did that because Jackson State and the alums who came before me cared enough to have funds available for me. So let me say this to all of the alums who are from HBCUs who have not made that type of commitment. When you look at an institution like Harvard that has a 41 billion with a B endowment, over $41 billion in endowment with a B, and you look at an institution like in Mississippi, uh, Ole Miss, uh, uni the University of Mississippi, that has over 700, almost 800 million with an M, $800 million in an endowment. Mm -hmm. And HBCUs are trying hard sometimes to even get a few million. Yeah, We've got work to do. And I got to tell you, if you can football ticket and a new outfit for homecoming, you can help to send a kid to school with a book right. that they can't right. afford. You can help to close the gap of someone who's already in college who may need to leave college because they, they're missing sometimes less than $500 to close the gap yeah. of them being able to stay in school and to get a degree, right. $500 or less. So if we could do something to make sure that those students who want an education are able to get it, we will have done our job as alums. So when you look at those other endowments of other institutions, I want our alums everywhere across this that just as Harvard and the University of Mississippi have alums who care and gives back, we need to do the same. Amen. And I felt like that needed an amen because that's so true. Um, what most people who don't participate in their alumni associations may not realize, your dues could be as little as $50. That's right. I actually, for national and local, I pay $100 and I'm covered for the year. And you actually sometimes get some things with that. And mm -hmm. I know um, we get a nice little alumni card, a pin. You get a bookstore discount so you can keep your um, gear up to date. <laughs> so it's not as much as you may think it is. And that we probably spend in a week on fast food. Yes. So mm. giving is, is very important. And, and that brings us to the next part of our segment today, which is on my block. And I want to share some things with you that could help you help somebody else. And so when we think about giving back, it, it doesn't need to be looked at like, oh, it's a bill. No, you're giving back to an institution that has already given to you. Whether or not if you were on full scholarship or not, you cannot tell me that you went to an HBCU and not received something, whether it be emotional support, um, whether it be financial support, whether it be someone just showing you the right way to do something. It's time to give back. And so my first thing that I would say, the way that we can get involved, even if you're not an alumni, because I know I have some friends and I was that way. I had left Jackson State and I went back to get my degree, but I still rep Jackson State. So if you still rep your HBCU, you can still give back. You can start a scholarship. 
Scholarships don't have to be $10,000. You can start a $500 scholarship because just as Dr. Norwood said, $500 to a student may be the difference in them staying enrolled or having to go back home. If you contact your HBCU, I promise you they will set you up. And you don't even have to have the $500 all at once. You can say, hey, I'm going to pay $25 a month to start my scholarship and you can still give back. They make it where there's no barriers for you to give. Um, even when I was on Jackson State website earlier, even if you want to pay your lifetime dues, you can pay them in payments and become a lifetime alum. There are things that you can do to give back that won't break the bank. And we got to start stop making excuses. And it's just as we are very intentional about going homecoming, we got to be very intentional about giving back to our universities. A $500 scholarship, a $1,000 scholarship is very doable, especially if you're only giving $25 a month. Give, please. So then that was number one. Number two, help with recruiting. And you can help by mentoring. You can help by when there's those school functions, represent your school. Go out there and tell people, tell high schoolers, tell anybody that will listen about the HBCU experience. I ran into a young lady. Um, I, I told some of y'all that I had been going to stretch therapy. And the lady asked me, what school did I went to? And I said, I went to Jackson State for my undergrad and for my master's, but I'm at PV now. And she said, do you know, I just found out about HBCUs. This young lady was 26 years old. She said her parents didn't really push HBCUs because they wanted to make sure she got into a, quote, good school. HBCUs are great schools, and we know this because we went to it. So why aren't we telling more people about this? You got to, yes, tell them about the homecoming, but also tell them about your Jesse Jackson experience. Tell them about the clubs that you went in and you went in and you got the experience for the job that you applied for and you got hired. Those things are important. Mentoring is essential. Everybody that knows me knows that I love mentoring. Mentoring takes nothing. It's free. You're sharing your skills. You're sharing your wisdom with somebody that is trying to walk the same path that you already did. Don't be selfish with the knowledge. Share. And lastly, advice, but um, lastly is represent the can-do. And I say represent the can-do as represent you can be a doctor too. Represent that you can be a professor too. Represent that you can be an architect. Represent that you can be a computer science scientist. You didn't just get that position because of you. No one in this world makes it just because of them. Each one teach one. Reach back. We got to start reaching back. That is at the heart of all of this. It's not about what we can do just for the moment, you got to reach back. Because as much as complaining as you do about the younger generation and what they don't do and won't don't and don't know, did you reach back and teach them? Did you reach back and show them? Did you give them some guidance? So if we're complaining about the millennials and saying they don't know and they don't do this and they don't do that, but if you're not pouring into them, how are they supposed to learn? So we got to do better at reaching back. We got to do better at representing. 
And that starts with our community. HBCUs are still very important to the black community. You heard Dr. Norwood, 85% of doctors come from HBCUs. 75% of PhDs come from HBCUs. So I challenge everyone that has graduated or not graduated, but you still rep in your school, call your institution and start a scholarship in your family's name, in your mother's name, your kid's name, whether it be 500, whether it be 200, whatever you can give, I promise you there is a student that will be thankful. We know when we were there what we needed and how thankful we could have been and would have been if we would have seen that same type of love. So now it's time to give back the love. So, Dr. Norwood, I thank you. I thank you again for coming on. And I want to give you a chance to share anything that you are doing now with the association or just on your own. Oh, thank you. Well, I, and I want to thank you. That was a great summary that you just gave the audience. And I'm taking notes because these are things that every alum can do right now. Well, one of the biggest things that um, that every corporate entity, when our university is going to, to get funds or to ask for dollars, um, to look for people for sponsorships and for support, they ask, well, what are your alumni doing? Uh-huh. You know, how much support are you getting from your alumni? So, so there is there is a number called the alumni percentage rate or APR, mm-hmm. alumni percentage rate that most entities look at to determine should we give to you? Because why should we give to you if your alumni don't even care enough to give? Wow. That is the issue. So I want to say to all of those alums out there, it's really at, at where, again whatever institution you're coming from, if you're if you're a part of an HBCU. Find a way to give back. If you can't give a hundred dollars back, if you give five dollars, mm-hmm. being you blanked out on this, Doctor Norwood. You stopped at the five dollars. You're okay. So, so if thank you. So if you give back five dollars, you it, as little as five dollars, you you will be noted in. The at the institution to, to be a giver to the institution, mm. and it will increase the institution's alumni percentage rate. So the higher that that alumni percentage rate is, the more other entities, other businesses, and organizations see that you must be doing something really good. That you've got eighty five percent of your alumni who are giving back to right. the institution, and unfortunately, most of our HBCUs are in the single digits. Right. Um, so, you know, I, I'm, I'm looking forward to even our alumni with Jackson State University being in the double digits here, um, hopefully for this physical year, because it is so important just to do something. So I want to encourage everyone to simply do something to increase the APR rate for your institution. And one of the things that JSU National Alumni Association is doing is we are preparing for the for April 9th, 2022, a blue tie gala that we're planning, which is our signature event that we do every two years. But we're doing the March to 1 million. We are going to raise $1 million for our kids. That's the commitment. So we have over a hundred chairs, honorary chairs, who have committed to raising over $10,000 
so that by April 9th, 2022, we will be celebrating that we would have raised a million dollars to place into our endowment funds. So you heard me say that um, Harvard has over $41 billion in an endowment. Um, You know, I'm trying to simply get over a million. So we are going to raise for our alumni association over a million dollars for our kids. So you'll hear us talking about the March to 1 million. And I'm encouraging all of our alums to give something because if they give something, as we've talked about, then there will be an opportunity for us to increase that alumni percentage giving rate. And that is what I want. So for every JSU alum who's hearing me today, thank you for supporting the president's inauguration that's coming up in in October, mm-hmm. that's an important part. We're bringing our tw- our 12th president, President Thomas Hudson, who is the second alumnus. He's a proud yes. Jackson State graduate. Yes. Proud Jackson State <laughs> graduate who is leading the helm of our great institution. So we're really thankful to have a, an alum like us who right. loves Jackson State and loves our kids, who is going to be our, who is now our 12th president of Jackson State University. Right. So we're going to celebrate that. There's an opportunity to give to support the institution with the inauguration and to give and support the Blue Tie Gala and the March to $1 million for the Alumni Association. So for everyone, there's a way for you to give and just give something so that the in- institution benefits from that APR as well as your donation. Yes, that's great. That is all great. Thank you so much. I appreciate you coming on and talking to us. Guests, we have been blessed today with great news of ways that we can help our HBCUs stay great, be great, and stay around. So I ask you to please make sure that you give back to your HBCU. Make sure you talk to the people that may be about how and what that looks like. So I thank you for following us. Thank you for tuning in. Please um, follow and click subscribe on the podcast. Go to Twitter, Bikita Pegram. Go to Instagram, Bikita Pegram and hit follow and leave me your comments and let me know what you think about HBCUs and us being their keeper. So join us next week and we'll look forward to talking to you again. Go forth and be great. Be out.